0: Justin, I'm an alcoholic. I I've uh I've been sober due to the grace of God and this meeting, my sponsor since December seventh of two thousand one. I uh before I start here, um I found a gold button out by the smoking area, so if your coat is missing a gold button. I'm gonna put it right up here. If it's not your gold button, don't touch it. <laughs> um, thanks, Dave, for asking me to share. Um, it's it's always it feels good to get up. It's it, it's just nice to be a part of my home group to do anything, you know, whether it's picking up gold buttons or cigarette butts or, um, eating cookies, whatever it is, you know. Um, Laura and Nate did a great job. Um, I my dad carried me into my house. The my first drunk, um, and you know, I mean, not, nothing about my family or the way I was raised, or uh, the things I had, or the school I went to, or or being, well, maybe being Catholic a little bit had to do with you know how I turned out. But I mean, there really, <laughs> there really, there really wasn't a, a lot of anything on the outside. You know, this is all in hindsight, of course, but nothing that that could have been given to me or or shown to me or um, my parents could have done for me would have changed the way i turned out um i believe that uh i was born with with definite alcoholic tendencies uh, i don't know when i became officially alcoholic but i have alcoholism and i don't know when i got it um i didn't get it because i have 13 generations of alcoholism in my family i mean i got it i just got it i got it because alcohol works for me the way it does um raised like i said raised catholic um didn 't really care at the time it was well, whatever you know you go to church twice a week, and that 's what you do um didn 't know that they were trying to teach me about a god that loved me didn 't know that they were trying to teach me about god, anything. We'd just try to make up like funny words to the songs in church, you know, so we'd laugh you know dirty words, you know <laughs> so church would be fun, you know i mean you got to do something you 're like eight you know, but um I grew up, you know, my 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 folks were together till my dad passed away, and my very loving family. Um, very, my dad busted his tail to give us what we needed in life. Went back to school shortly after I was born. Got a great job. I mean, he did. He was a provider, you know. My mom worked, um, still works at the same job. I mean. I don't know, there's nothing, you look at my family and it's like I wasn't abused or beat or a lot of times I thought maybe I should have been just so I could like pin this feeling. I, I walk around with this feeling of, of everyone's looking at me thinking stop judging, right? But um, everyone's looking at me all the time and I'm never measuring up. You know, I was playing catch up all through school and I was, I was a day late, you know? I'm a big harbor of resentments. I, I still have yet to, to um, Find find Sean from kindergarten and let him know that I'm not mad about his big crayons anymore. Um, and for those that don't know the story behind the big crayons, uh, I, can, I had a, a box of crayons and I was ready—the big box, 128, every color of burnt sienna and I mean, like everything with sharpener in the back. And um, and Sean shows up with five crayons, but they're huge. And everybody everybody hung out with Sean because he had big crayons. and um, and if I ever do run into Sean, um, i 'll make sure that I let him know that he 's okay in my book nowadays um, but that 's an example of thing I mean that made my four step we 're talking sixteen years later i 'm writing about Sean and his big crayons about making my life miserable, you know. Uh, but that's what I do. I look at what you got, and then I think about how I feel, and it's like what you have must be making you feel better than me because you look like you're doing a lot better than me, you know. I don't feel good looking. I don't feel smart. I don't feel um, I, I, conversation. I can't do that, you know. I mean, it's these are all things that are really hard for me to do, normal life, you know. Um, and I don't remember being hard as a kid, but just looking back, I mean, I probably fit in well. I probably would have got along fine if I would have quit worrying about it and trying to change things, you know? I was a big liar, you know? I had all the video games and I was the best at everything until someone came over and played me. You know? I mean, I envied one guy, one friend of mine, the guy actually who I had my first drink with, he had beef jerky all the time and I was like, oh, his life's so good because his dad gets some beef jerky. It sucks. My mom, I hate her. She can beef jerky. But... I just I never worked. I never worked anywhere. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. I don't know when I took my first drink. Well, I, I know when I took my first drink to get drunk. I mean I, I'd sneak sips of dad's beer or whatever and and I remember drinking mouthwash because I read that it had alcohol in it. My I, I mean my first official whatever. I just remember getting sick. I don't remember getting really drunk, but the uh the first time I ever drank um I was with two guys that used to one guy used to beat me up after I get off the bus. Emotional. I, used to, I used to get beat up a lot. But um, every day after school, I'd get off the bus. And and he lived a, a block after me, so I knew if he was getting up to get off at my street, I had to start running. I had to start running as soon as I got off the bus. And he always caught me. And he pinned me down. And, you know, I didn't get a black guy or anything, but he just tortured me all the time, you know. And this guy, I was hanging out with these two guys, both in my neighborhood, both older, you know, a couple years older than me. I was like 12 or something. And... and um, we got drunk. He called his brother up. His brother brought us over some peppermint schnapps and some hot damn. And, um, I mean, I, earlier in the day, I took a handful of mini things. And I mean, I think I was doing drugs way before I started drinking, but, um, so I was already higher than a kite and, and I take this alcohol and, and it's the first time that, I mean, alcohol worked for me from the get-go. I don't think I was alcoholic necessarily right there, but, um, I remember going in the living room and sitting down in, in his, his mom's chair and it just, I didn't care what they were doing. I didn't care anymore. I mean I really felt like, okay, this is it, you know. And I didn't think, oh I'm gonna do this all the time, but I just the the feeling is so indescribable and for those alcoholics in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but you just feel okay. It's like alright, you know. And um Catholic like I mentioned, so we go to church four PM Saturdays, went home, uh puked, in the car on the way to church, parents smelled it, took me home, you know, laid me down in the chair, put a blanket on me and and I looked at him and I meant it when I said I'd never do it again. I mean I I was sick. I got really sick. And uh and I didn't I didn't want to feel that way, you know, but when I woke up, I didn't have those feelings anymore. I didn't feel sick. All I remember is that Ross and Brock were cool to me. I mean, they were great and then, I don't remember what we talked about or nothing great happened. We just sat there and had some drinks and uh but I felt great doing it, you know. Um I really I I truly believe that um we all know we all know, um, have goals in our lives, you know, and a lot of people have said it from the podium and, 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 and my story is no different, you know, I mean, because of, of the, the decisions I made, I, I chose to do the things that I said I'd never do and, and they replaced the things that I wanted to become in my life, you know, um, there's a lot of things that I did in my life, not because of alcohol, but just because I, I was becoming who I was, you know, alcohol helped me trade the things that, were really valuable in my life for the things that made me feel good in life. And just like Nate said, I chase that feeling all the time, you know. I mean, alcoholism is my disease, but I have a passion for needles. I have a passion for drugs, anything illegal, stealing, you know, breaking into houses, you know, rolling rolling cars down hills and watching them crash into the garage, you know. I mean, any, any. I mean, (laughs) Bruce (laughs) Yeah. Um... I love, I love to do things that I'm not supposed to do. Um I'm an alcoholic because when I, when I drink alcohol, I'm okay. Nothing, nothing ever made me feel okay. I mean, it gave me excitement, drugs and booze and, and, or drugs and, and stealing and all that other stuff. It was excitement, but nothing ever made me feel okay. Like booze did. All the time, you know. You'll hear a lot of speakers talk about how alcohol was there all the time. They did a lot of dope and they did a lot of whatever, but alcohol was there all the time and, and I'm no different. Um Got in with the the cool crowd, you know the big stereos and the skipping school and the smoking what well, I, th- I remember the first day I smoked I mean I was the coolest cat in the alley behind the junior high. I mean it was a vantage non filter it was a sunny day and <laughs> it 's almost like first drink um, but i mean that's I got in with the cool people, you know um. And I still didn't fit. I did everything they did, and I still didn't fit. I bought drugs. I sold drugs. I did drugs. I drank. I went to their parties. I stayed out late. I ran from the police. I, you know, did whatever they did, you know, and I still didn't fit. So um, consequences, you know, Laura talked about getting a lot of consequences, and, and, and I, I, too, you know, I was on probation since I was 14. Counselors, um, no treatments. I could always talk my way out of stuff. I've always been a a good manipulator, you know. I'd say, well, let's not look at this minor and this drug charge. Let's look over here and I'm working part-time at KFC. I have C's and D's in school. I'm getting grades, you know, like I'm doing okay. My parents are paying my car insurance. I have a car that's insured. Yeah, I mean, these are the good things i got going on in my life. Never mind this over here. Never mind this, and I, at the time I didn't know that That's, that was destroying my life. The things I was doing and the things I was trading to do um what made me feel good was destroying my life and um it's only c- coming into Alcoholics Anonymous where I realized uh what I had given up and how much time I had lost trying to trying to chase that I'm gonna feel better I'm, I mean I'm just tomorrow tomorrow's gonna be different you know I don't know how many nights I just laid in bed miserable, knowing that my mom was upstairs. Talking to my dad, you know, I mean, they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I'm down there like, I, something is wrong, you know? I mean, it was, I was 18 years old and, and you know, barely graduated high school and went through that drunk, high, everything, you know? I mean, I don't know. And I remember 18 and I just, you know what, I'm an alcoholic. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, so I'm an alcoholic. And you know, I thought at the time that alcoholics were people who showed up to parties early. And drank really fast. And puked really... Oh, I was a puker. I loved to puke, you know. Um, I don't know which one of you guys talked about throwing up, but man, puking, I mean, in moving vehicles. And we'd go to a party. Me and my buddy Ben would go to a party and find the highest point that we could throw up off of. And puke. Roofs, decks, out of windows, moving vehicles. I mean, anywhere exciting. A toilet is so boring, you know. And um, and I I was just oh I was enthusiastic about throwing up it was great, um, but you know uh, this stuff eighteen you know I thought that's what an alcoholic was you know so I I drink too much but I I drink I have more fun than everyone else I feel better than everyone else you know every everything everybody girls would you know they, the beers would get warm and they'd slow down and oh I'm getting drunk and it's like it's kind of the point why we're drinking you know we're drinking this for a reason not just trying to be social or anything let's get wasted (laughs) and i don't know that's the way i drank um it never got better it only got worse all the time there was never a a party that i went to or a, a drink that i took or i mean i can't remember any time where i sat down to get lubricated socially you know i mean i just i got wasted but um 18 okay 18 I'm an alcoholic I think an alcoholic is just someone who's having more fun in life so I continue to do that uh the police were waiting for me to turn 18 I turned 18 and I get arrested every 2 months every 6 weeks something I'm getting some kind of charge some kind of consequence still I mean still talking my way out of it I'm still <laughs> I'm delivering pizzas now look at how good I'm doing you know I've pro KFC to pizzas I'm out driving in society um still seeing this counselor you know this poor lady bless her heart she's like well, why don't you just not drink? That's a good idea. I might try that tonight, you know, and I just get in my car and start drinking <laughs> as I'm leaving her parking lot, you know, or why don't I take O'Dewells? And it's like, I'm gonna be a loser if I take O'Dewells, you know, like, I need alcohol. But, um, you know, to wrap it up, I got arrested a lot and, um, Never knew. I, ne- I never knew. I, n- I had no clue the pain I was putting the people who love me most through. Uh, I, I still don't know to this day. I can't relate. You know, I'm sure I'll find out when I have kids. But, um, I mean, so many people try to do so much stuff for me all the time. There was hands held out to me all the time, and I, I don't need it. I know what's best for me. I'll figure this out. This isn't a problem. I had an excuse every day for why I could continue to do the things I was doing. Because it was so important for me that I not feel miserable, you know. And and after when I turned eighteen, the reason you know this whole I'm an alcoholic thing came about is because I knew that I couldn't stop. I knew there was no living with without alcohol. Uh everything else can come and go, you know, the dope runs dry in town and and uh, stealing gets you in a little trouble, you know, you start burning down motorhomes and people start asking questions and you, you gotta give it up, you know. But alcohol was always there, and it was easy to get at eighteen years old. I mean, there was get drunk all the time. But I knew that I just—that's what I wanted to do, you know. So rather than probably admitting alcohol being an alcoholic, I was more like just giving up any thought of ever being sober, you know. Um, at that time, um, it started to work less and less and less the way it used to work. You know, it used to be exciting to go out and get drunk, go to a party, and what's gonna happen? Well, by this time, I knew what was gonna happen. I was gonna get drunk. And that was it. And then I couldn't even get drunk anymore, you know? Um, the thing that got me here, to Fargo and into treatment and sober, got, you know, arrested, 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 finally my PO says, you're not listening to anybody, we're gonna send you to prison. And uh, I had about two and a half years of suspended time over my head and all I got was a minor and, and it was like, I'm not going to prison for minors, you know. I, w- I mean, I wasn't all calm. I was crying and I was throwing a fit in her office, and I was just like, "You can't send me to prison." You know what they do to young people in prison? <laughs> and she, and so she's like, "Okay, treatment. Then we'll go. You we'll go to a treatment, but you got to get out of town, and it's got to be impatient. You got to be somewhere where you can get locked up, and, and you're not going to get out." Um, so here I Fargo, here I come, you know, and. Um, and a week before I came down here, I mean, this the still—I mean, the the worst thing I think I've ever done. I've stole a lot of money and I've robbed a lot of people, and I've hurt people. And I've, you know, but I, I hit my mom. My mother and I got into a fight, and she's a tiny lady, and and she hit me. And I I thought about it, and and I mean, I just I thought the whole way through and swung and and knocked her across the kitchen. And um, and at that point I was ready. I mean, that was that was the breaking point. That was the point in my life where I knew, okay, something's got to change. Because I can't do this anymore. Went downstairs. I was going to kill myself because I hated the way I was living. I hated who I'd become. Um I didn't have to look in the mirror to see who I was at that moment. Uh My mom, she, you know, I'm not going to call the police on you. I said, I'll kill you. If you don't get me out of your house, I'm going to kill you. Call the cops. I can't do that. I can't do It's like, she didn't understand. I mean, I knew how crazy I was and I knew how I had lost it, you know. I mean... So a week later, anyway, fast forward a week later, they're throwing me this big going away party, dustos going away party, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> so I go to this party in this crappy concrete walled basement apartment and and nothing changed. I mean, no one cared. I was leaving. I was going to sober up and you don't care. I mean, every you know, guys doing dope in that bedroom and and. There's girls doing whatever over there, and I mean, every one did their own thing. No one said goodbye, not one person. I remember the last last drug I did. I remember the last beer I drank, and and I don't even know if I finished the beer. I was so disgusted at these. I mean, these people. Who, you know, I thought I'd made a lot of. I I'd give my life for these guys. I mean, I did, I gave up my. I gave up my life. I gave up my family. I gave up any shot at college. I gave up my grades in school. I I gave up any kind of reputation I had in the town I was living to be with these people and to give them my loyalty and my service. And no one said goodbye. It sucked. It sucked because everything I had believed in my entire life was gone. It was alcohol. It was drugs. I mean, and this that's where, where my alcoholism took me, you know. So I came down to Fargo the next day and I was ready. I was ready to change. I was ready to do whatever I had to do. And uh, get into treatment and I decide that I need to be tough guy. So all of a sudden, I go from this this junky, drunk kid from Mandan to a meth cook. I become a meth cook overnight. I never cooked a batch of dope in my life, and I'm a meth cook. I'm cooking dope all the time back in Mandan. One of the biggest dope cooks around. You know? <laughs> telling, telling all these, I mean, God, I lied a lot when I was new because I was afraid, you know? I was afraid. Went out and started getting my ears pierced a lot because I thought tough guys wore big earrings. Um... <laughs> And that lasted like three months. There was a couple guys in the group, Patrick and, and Robert, who sat me down at coffee and just leveled me and, you know, told me that tough guys don't wear earrings. And so I took them out. That's a big moment in my life, letting go of my earrings. You know, I had them for three months. They had become a part of me. But, um. <laughs> But, I mean, I guess, I don't know, try to put a moral to that earring story, you know. I mean, like, the moral of the story is change. You need to change in Alcoholics Anonymous. But I was. I mean, things were happening in my life. I was sober now. Um, still didn't like my mom. Still didn't like God. Still didn't. I mean, I didn't like anything like that. And, um, and I started acting up in treatment. I started getting in trouble. Started running my mouth. Started. I became the tough guy, you know. I became the tough guy. And they wanted to kick me out, you know. So what do tough guys do when they're in trouble? Anybody? Call mom. That's right. You call mom mom they're picking they're gonna kick me out <laughs> do something you know so she did and she she pulled some strings and I, I you know I don't know <laughs> she got me to stay they let me stay but they said you got to do certain things and they gave me a meeting list and it wasn't like here pick some meetings and go it was like these are highlighted you will go to these Uh you'll be here and here and the, the last thing on the list was get a sponsor so out of desperation lack of lack of knowing what I was supposed to do. I mean, I, I okay, sponsor, I don't know what that is, you know, I've seen movies, but um Paul, Paul came and spoke at Sharehouse, leather coat, talking 90. I mean, just like <clears throat> <laughs> and I, I the reason I got my sponsor, and, and I mean, I don't care, I'll recommend this to anybody, and it might sound kind of funky, but I think if you're doing anything to get a sponsor, you're doing the right thing. I got Paul as a sponsor because I thought he had a good Coke hookup. Um, <laughs> I still wanted to say sober, but just in case, you know. I had no idea that Paul had like seven, eight months of sobriety and he had knew the big book through and through and he was, was religiously sponsored by Kane T. I mean there was like I had no idea what I was getting into. And he's like you're gonna call me every day, we're gonna meet, we're gonna go through the book. And, um, so I got this book from Paul and and I I went to my job and I was working a crappy customer service job at the time. So rather than working, I decided to read the big book and I read it cover to cover in two days and I was like, Paul's going to be so proud. I'm already done. I did it. You know, I mean, I worked the steps in one day, get to how it works and you do the steps but take about 15 minutes, you know, you're doing an inventory and you're like, I've been really, really bad. Step five. You know, lean over to the girl behind you. I've been really, really bad my entire life. Step six. I'm ready. Here we go. You know, I mean, I, I I had no clue. I had no clue what I was doing. And I tell Paul. I tell Paul, and he's like, "Well, we're gonna do it my way." And the reason we're gonna do it my way is because my sponsor told me we're gonna do it his way. And um, I was like, I, I I don't even remember what I said. I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't resisting. I never openly resist my sponsors. I just say, "Okay, I'll do it." And then I go home and be like. Son of a! He told me, they, they can't believe they tie my shoes, brush my teeth. You know, I mean, I you know, I'm not gonna do that. But um, so we did it. We did it his way. You know, um, I called Paul every day. I called. I mean, I called him twice a day. I called him for everything. You know, he always answered his phone. And he and, and he was never busy. You know, the guy the guy could have been doing brain surgery, and and he would have dropped it. The guy could have been attempting brain surgery, and he would have dropped it um, to, to answer the phone, you know. I mean, I went to him with the same problem over and over again, you know, her. I went to him with her all the time. And um, and he held my hand through the whole thing, you know. Um, but it was so important, you know. It was so important because I was so stupid, you know. I mean, I'm... <sighs> I don't know, you know. I, I really... <laughs> What can you? What can you say? You know, I mean, I see, I see a lot of new people come in today, and and they think they got the answers, and, and I, I pray for them all. You know, I, I hope they get someone as a sponsor who says, you know what, you, you're you probably right, but let's try it this way, or even better yet, they say, no, you're dumb, you're gonna do it this way, um, because I mean, admit it, man, you, you're here because you're out of answers. I got here because I was done. I was done trying things the law was done working with me my my mom was done you know i mean i got here because there was no other answer um sponsorship <laughs> sponsorship has its its definite benefits you know um you can whine and complain and they listen kelvin was i got kelvin as a sponsor shortly after and kelvin was good for sitting and listening and he just look at you and really you know, take it all in and you really felt like he I mean he was gonna he was gonna agree with you. He was gonna take your side this time. I just know this time he's gonna take my side. And then you get the he'd lean back in his computer chair and put his feet up. Here's the deal, Dustin. Yeah. And as soon as he said, Here's the deal or this is the deal, I just got mad. I was like, This isn't going my way at all, you know. Um Kelvin, Kelvin is the sponsor that taught me that um, that chocolate will make you forget about any belligerent new guy. Ever, I was talking to Mike during the break, and Mike's like, "Yeah, you got to tell this story. I uh, had a sponsor one time that wasn't doing anything, you know. And that was at the point in my sobriety where I was going to save the world, you know. I mean, I was like, got these guys, man, and if they don't do what I say, I'm going to hell because I mean, the whole my whole life depends on me helping everybody, you know, and." Um, so I had the sponsor, I'm, Calvin, this guy won't call me and he's not doing anything and what do I do? You know, how, how do I get it through his head that he's going to die? Probably didn't say that. It was more like this guy sucks and whatever, but, um, I'm sure I was more concerned about like how I looked, you know, what do I do if I go down to four sponsors? Oh, I'm miserable. But, um, Calvin's like, here's, you know, I want you to get two candy bars, your favorite candy bar, Kit Kat, Big Cat, piece of cake. And, um, I want you to eat one of them. And then I want you to think of ten things you're grateful for. And then I want you to eat the other one. So I got ten candy bars. and Or no, 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 I, I said that wrong. I only got two candy bars. I wasn't that grateful at the time. I never could have came up with 80 things, you know. So I eat the first one. And, it, I mean, it would, like, totally calm me down. It was amazing. You know, like, child, was like, it was insane. It worked, you know. So then I had to think of things to be grateful for. And I got... You know, mom, AA, sponsor, blah, 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 you know, and I, I get eight. I have eight things and nothing else, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm still fairly new. I'm pretty broke. I'm, my car, I have, I have a station wagon, you know, I mean, they're, they're. so the last two, the light, I was at a red light and the light turned green and I said, I'm grateful for the green light and I'm grateful that I have air in my tires. And I like tore that candy bar. I mean, wrapper flying everywhere and I like, one bite, gone, you know, I mean, I was so desperate to eat that I can't even, but I didn't eat it. I didn't eat it until I had ten things. But um so sponsorship's cool. <laughs> Get a sponsor. Um today where I'm at in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, in my life, wow, I, I I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm good because of Paul and because of Calvin. And because of Mike and Kenny and everybody else. Adam, Adam brought me to my first meeting, you know. I'm good because there's so many people in this room that have done something for me that I haven't asked for, that I had no clue that I needed. Um I, I'm I, I don't know. I got engaged a couple of, two months, three months ago. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like, Kenny's engaged because it's like, what do I do now? How do I do this? You know, Kenny's been dating her the whole time and I'm just like, I just show up. But I mean, that truth, truth be told in Alcoholics Anonymous, if you want to be successful in your job, in your relationships, in your living situation, in, um, in, in working with other people in, in anything, stay with your sponsor listen to your sponsor, do what your sponsor tells you to do. You know, I mean there's a lot of things that I do in life that I don't think that I mean it just doesn't fit my personality cuz I'm too cool, you know, like I still got that syndrome going on. I'm too cool to do that. But I do it, you know. I mean my life has continued to get better and and this year has been a real real tough year, you know. I've really um I've really had a hard. I've been 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 trying to find God this whole, you know, this past year, 18 months whatever it's been. Been trying to find this God. That I see in so many people, you know, and 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 I still I'm out there doing what I do, running the show, you know, and and um, I'm trying to find God, and and it hurts, you know, it hurts when you feel alone, it hurts when you feel like the God that got you to three years wasn't there when you got to four years, and you wonder like what happened, you know, I've been here long enough to know that the problem isn't God, the problem isn't my meetings, the problem is what I'm doing, but what am I doing wrong? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and um. Scott gave a talk last night at the at a meeting, and um, it's trust. You know, I mean, it all boils down. Where's my trust today? I trust in God until the minute I tie my shoes, and as soon as I'm out the door, I'm running the show. Here I am getting into the car that (laughs) the car that's not that mom bought me and it's not paid for. You know, I mean, like going to this job that I don't deserve, seeing this girlfriend that that. If she had any... I mean, she's a smart girl. She just graduated from college. But if she was... She doesn't know what she's getting into. We'll just say that much. But, like, I mean, I have all these good things, you know. You look at all these things I've been given in life. You know, I have great... Aaron, you know, I've been great friends in this program. People who... who Everything, you know. And and yet I'm I'm walking around like, here's Dustin with all the answers, you know. Um, There's nothing that I have that... um, that I've got on my own, you know, anything, anything that, that I am today, the person that I've become has nothing to do with the things that, um, I've been taught or, or the things that I know or the th- money whatever, you know, it's, it's what I'm doing. What am I doing with my life and, and when I'm doing the wrong thing, um, where do I go? Where do I go to make it better? You know, um, I don't know. The key, the key to this thing, to anyone that's wondering, is is find something to put your trust in. It starts at a meeting, and if not this one, some other one. Go to a meeting, trust in that meeting, get a sponsor, trust in that sponsor, and let them take you to God. And uh, I guarantee you'll never drink again, as long as you do that, and um, your life will just it'll it'll knock your socks off. So, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.